Greetings family, this is Pastor Gordon Zalo. It's always a pleasure to come and share the word of the Lord with you. It's always a privilege when you open space for us to come and be a part of this message. I'm trusting the Lord that this message will enrich you. I'm trusting the Lord that this message will strengthen you. I'm trusting the Lord that this message will, will grow you spiritually in Jesus' most precious name. Family, the title of my message this morning is focus on God's promises and not your problems. Focus on God's promises and not your problems. And so long as you are alive, family, so long as you are breathing, you will encounter problems. You'll come across problems. So I'm saying to you, rather than focusing on your problems, focus on God's promises because God's promises are everlasting. He says in the book of Psalms 89 verse 34. He says, my covenant I will not break. My agreement I will not break. Nor alter the word that has gone out of my lips. So every word that goes out of God's lips, like I said last Sunday, every word that goes out of God's lips, God protects. Every word is a promise. So I'm saying to you, focus on God's promises and not your problems or not the problems around you. Second Peter chapter 1 verse 3 says his divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him meaning Christ who called us by his own glory and goodness. He continues to actually say through these he has given us his very great and precious promises so that through them meaning these promises we may participate in the divine nature so these precious promises enable us to participate in god's divine nature hallelujah second corinthians chapter 1 verse 20 says his promises god's promises many as they may be his promises are in Christ they are yes and amen they are fulfilled through Christ for God's glory through us so family I am saying to you this morning I'm encouraging you this morning that focus on God's promises and not the problems around you our message is anchored from the story of the Israelites moving out of Egypt as God sends Moses to go and take them out of Egypt and God speaks to Moses and God says to Moses Moses I want you to tell my people when you get there tell them that I am the Lord I will free you from your oppression I will rescue you from your slavery in Egypt I will redeem you with the powerful arm powerful arm the same arm we spoke about last Sunday that we said his arm has not been shortened his arm has not been weakened he says I will redeem you with a powerful arm and great acts of justice uh, I will claim you as my own people and I will be your God then you will know that I am the Lord your God who has freed you from your oppression in Egypt I will bring you into the land I saw to give to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I will give it to you as your very own possession. I am the Lord. Now Moses tells the Israelites the story. So Moses told them, verse 9, 
told the people of Israel what the Lord had said, but they refused to listen anymore. They had become too discouraged by the brutality of their slavery. Am I speaking to someone? Here is a people. Moses comes and tells them a promise, what God has promised them, but they look around and look at the slavery and look at the issues and look at their pain and refuse to listen to the promise. Great mistake. I'm saying to you, very often, God will speak to you in His Word. God will speak to you about an issue in His Word. God will speak to your heart through the Spirit about a situation. But sometimes, because your focus is so much in the situation, you refuse. You are not able to listen to the promise. I am saying to you, here was the first place that the Israelites lost it exodus chapter 6 that is where it all started a promise is given to them but instead of embracing instead of grabbing that promise they are so immersed in their problems they are so immersed in their challenges that is why whenever a problem came before them they could not remember the promise because they had not embraced the promise are you embracing god's promises the only way you will embrace god's promises is you keep if you keep your focus on his promises the Israelites are released out of Egypt and approaching the Red Sea. They look back and the Bible says in Exodus chapter 14 verse 10, as Pharaoh approached the people of Israel, uh, as Pharaoh approached, the people of Israel looked up and panicked when they saw the Egyptians overtaking them. They saw, they focused on Pharaoh the problem, but did not focus on the promise that God had given them, that I'm taking you out of Egypt, I'm taking you to a promised land. So they forgot the promise because they had not embraced it. They had focused on the problem. That is why after that, they start saying to themselves, why have you brought us here? Because they are so hung up on the problem and not the promise. They say to him, Exodus chapter 14 verse 11, they say to Moses, why did you bring us out here to die in the wilderness? Were there not enough graves back in Egypt? Because they focused on the problem. They focused on Pharaoh. They focused on Pharaoh and his heir and his army and forgot that God had promised them that I'm taking you to a promised land. They then have crossed the Red Sea. Days have gone by. They are on the other side. They have celebrated. And suddenly they 
feel hunger pains they start to experience hunger and they say to moses moses why did you bring us here to starve us they focus on the problem and not the promise this hunger was only temporal this hunger was only for a moment but they made it as if it was permanent they focus on the problem and not on God's promise that he was taking them to a land flowing with milk and honey. Yes, they may be starving now, but they are going to be, they are being taken to a land flowing with milk and honey. In Exodus chapter 17, they then again feel thirsty. And once again, Moses, why did you bring us here to kill us? They focus on the problem. Why did you bring us here to kill us? We are thirsty. We could have been very well in Egypt, but here you are. You've brought us here. You've brought us here to kill us. They focus on the problem and not the promise. Child of God, there are so many things happening around you. And it's very easy to find yourselves focusing on the problem and not what God has promised over your life. I am here to encourage you this morning that focus on God's promises and not what is happening around you. Don't worry about what is happening around you. It is only for a moment. The Israelites were only hungry for a moment. They have only been hungry for a moment. They have only been thirsty for a moment. But they forgot the promise and started worrying about temporal things when God said, I am going to give you land that you will own permanently. Glory to Jesus. Now, Moses sends 12 spies to go and spy the promised land. And in Numbers chapter 13, verse 27, they come back and they give a report to Moses. They say to Moses, Moses, we entered the land you sent us to explore. It is a bountiful country. A land flowing with milk and honey. Here is the kind of fruit it produces. But the people living there are powerful and their towns are large and fortified. We even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. And in verse 31, they continue to, to say, we cannot go against them they are stronger than we are they are stronger than we are so they spread the bad this bad report about the land among the israelites the land they say the land we traveled through and explored will devour anyone who goes to live there all the people we saw there were huge now here is the thing they are supposed to go and and, and spy the promised land instead of focusing on the promise instead of focusing on what god says he's going to do they are right at the edge of the promised land when they get there they start to focus on the problem they start to focus on the problem the problem is the giants that are occupying the land but God said I will give it to you they didn't focus 
on the promise. Now here is the unfortunate part. Because the Bible continues to say in Numbers 14. The Bible says, you know, they started crying. Men and women started crying aloud. Saying, why have we been brought here? Why are we here? We could have done better dying in Egypt. We could have done even better dying in the wilderness. But why have you brought us here, God, to make us die on our own sword? To make us fall on our own sword while our women and children are being taken as plunder? Why? Why? Why are we? Why? Because they're focusing on the problem and not what God has promised them. The promise is right there. They've seen it. It is genuine. But they focused on the problem instead of their promise. Now, contrast this with Caleb. Caleb in the same chapter, verse 30, he says, let us go at once to take the land. And he continues to say, we certainly, we can certainly conquer it. Now the Lord highlighted something for me here. If you listen to the narrative of the 10 spies compared to what Caleb says here, Caleb focuses on the promise. He says, let us go and occupy the land. I don't care what moves around on the land, but let us go and occupy it now. We've wasted too much time. Let us go now to occupy it. We can certainly occupy it. I am saying to you, I want to believe that when Caleb and Joshua walked the promised land for those uh, 40 days, uh, as they were walking, he was saying, this is what we are going to own. This is what is ours. In the spiritual realm, it, it is given. I am here to encourage you that whatever the situation may look like, stand upright and start walking and claiming territory. That is what he did. That is why when he came back, he didn't see giants. He saw a land that God had given them. What are you seeing? Are you seeing giants or are you seeing land? Or are you seeing the promise that God has given you? It is very easy to find yourself focusing on the problem and not the promise. And that is what the devil likes. But Caleb understood that. That is why you get to the book of Joshua, Joshua chapter 14, verse 10 to 12. Caleb comes to Joshua and says, you were there when we were promised the land. You were there when the scouts came back. God has kept his promise with me. I am alive. He has kept me alive for 45 years. I'm now 85. Give me that mountain. I want to go and take possession of what God has promised had promised us because he understood that God's promise is everlasting. Glory to Jesus. Family, I'm saying to you, focus on the promises of God rather than the problem. A forefather of Caleb, Abraham, 
is recorded by uh, Paul in the book of Romans, Romans chapter 4. And Paul says, Abraham looked at his body. He was a hundred years old. Nothing sort of functioned. He looked at his wife, Sarah. Her womb was old, could not bear. That was a problem. But Abraham chose to focus on their promise. In Romans, Romans chapter 4, he chose to focus on the promise. That is why in Romans, he says, in Romans 4 verse 20, Yet with respect to the promise of God, he did not waver in unbelief, but grew stronger in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully assured that what God had promised, he was able to perform. He focused on the promise. He did not worry about the state of his body, because he understood that the one that had made the promise was able to fulfill that promise. Family, the devil likes you, loves it when you focus on the problem because the Israelites, when they focus on the problem, they were not able to take possession of the promised land. Family, let me just say indirectly, God will give you by grace his promises, but God does not shove them down your throat. You need to receive them by faith. There are many people that God has made promises to, that God has promised them things, but they have convinced themselves like the Israelites did. They have convinced themselves out of God's promise. Now, it's interesting in another story. Jesus comes to, to the pool of Bethesda and finds a man that's been sick there for 38 years. And Jesus asks this man, would you like to get well? This man, instead of responding, he looks at his problems. I've been here for so many years. No one can carry me. Each time I try to get to the pool, someone gets there before me. And he almost missed a promise because he was focusing on what was around him instead of the promise itself. Do you want to get well? Do you want to get well? Let's go back to Numbers. Numbers 13 verse 27. We entered the land you sent us to explore. And it is indeed a bountiful country. Let us go back to Numbers. Numbers 13 verse 27 to 28. This is the, we read this earlier on. This is the feedback by the 10 spies. We entered the land you sent us to explore. And it is indeed a bountiful country. A land flowing uh, with milk and honey. Here is the kind of fruit it produces. But 
the people living there are powerful very often the minute you use the word but b-u-t nullifies erases undermines everything you've said before that these 10 men came back and said the promise is real the promise is real here is its produce but they then said but the people there i'm saying to you i'm asking you what are you putting after your part because i'm saying to you, your part nullifies what you've said before i am sorry but my sorry has been nullified he's so good but his goodness has been nullified you are such a great person but the greatness has been nullified i'm asking you this question what are you putting after your butt because what you put after your butt determines your destiny if you are going to put the promise after the butt then your destiny is certain if you are going to put the promise before the but and the problem after the but the problem will dominate the promise and the promise will not come into fruition in the book of Genesis chapter 50 verse 20 Joseph reflects he says to his brothers you intended to harm me but God but God there were problems but God I'm saying to you, it's about time you started looking at your situation and saying, situation, I see you, but God. David, he's fighting Goliath. He says to Goliath, Goliath, you come to me. You come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come to you, but I come to you, but I come to you in the mighty name. What follows your path will determine. I'm saying to you, I might not have it all, but my God is my provider. I may not be well, but my God is my provider. I'm saying to you, what are you putting after the bat? Jonah is in the belly. In Jonah chapter 2 verse 6, he says, I sank down to the very roots of the mountains. I was imprisoned in the earth whose gates locked shut forever. That was the situation, but God, but you Lord, you Lord my God, snatched me from the jaws of death. That was the situation, but God, that was the situation, but God nullifies, but God erases the situation. Simon Peter has been fishing the whole night and has caught no fish. Jesus uses his boat the one morning after failure to catch fish. And he then says to, and Jesus then says to Simon Peter, Simon Peter, go into the deep and cast your net. And Simon Peter understood the importance of what follows. But he says, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, but because your promise.
promise is I will catch, I will go down, I will go there and throw my net. You've been walking, you've been looking for a job, you're in the same job maybe and looking for a promotion. Nothing is happening, but I'm here to tell you that there may not be any movement, but God shall make it happen because God is what follows your path. Because God is the one that moves. God is the one that redeems. Psalms 73 verse 26 reads, My health may fail me, and my spirit may grow weak but God but God remains the strength of my heart he is mine forever he is mine forever Matthew chapter 19 verse 26 Jesus says with men this is impossible but with God all things are possible what follows your part i may not have a job but god is my provider i may not be well but god is my provider i may not be married yet but god shall provide i may not be getting my degree yet but god is making it possible for me because yes it may look impossible yes it may seem like nothing is happening but god but god but god but with god all things are possible all things are possible child of God I'm saying to you focus on the promise and not the problems the promises are greater than the problems I may not find strength but Isaiah 40 31 says but those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar like a, they will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Yes, I may be weak, but God is my strength. Yes, I may be sick, but they just say I am strong. Yes, I may not be seeing my prayers being answered but God promises that whatever you ask by prayer believe you have it you shall receive it but God focus on the promise and not and not the problem yes I may not be experiencing the things that I've asked for but God in his word says he's able to do exceedingly abundantly above not just some but all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us in the book of Jeremiah another promise Jeremiah 33 verse 3 Focus on the promise. Focus on the promise. Yes, I may be calling your name, God, but not seeing the things that I'm expecting to see happening. They are the problem, but I will focus on your promise because you say in Jeremiah 33, call to me and I will answer you and I will show you great and mighty things which you do not know. I'm saying to you, child of God, beyond COVID, you are going to
see great and mighty things. God is starting a new thing in your life. God is starting a new thing. That's a message for another day. There's something new that is happening in your life. Don't look at the former things. Don't look at the things that you are trusting in. God is taking you to a new area. Philippians chapter 4 verse 13. I can do all things through him who gives me strength. It may look impossible. The interview may look daunting. Amending my relationship may look daunting. My relationship may be falling apart. I don't know what to do. But I can do all things. Your word says, your promise says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Psalms. 37 verse 4 the bible says delight yourself also in the lord and he shall give you the desires of your heart yes you've desired many things as you delight yourself in the lord and the lord begins to work with your heart to align your heart with his will and as god aligns your heart with his will he then begins to bless you with the things that you you desire yes you may be desiring to get married and things are not happening but i'm saying to you he promises that if you delight yourself in him if you feed on his faithfulness he will meet the desires of your heart yes you may be wanting a promotion and it's not happening yes you may be desiring a job but it's not happening but if you delight yourself, if you feed in his faithfulness, God will meet the desires of your heart. He continues in, book, in the book of Matthew 6 verse 33. Jesus says, seek first the kingdom of the Lord and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. Yes, Lord, it looks like as I try to seek you, I'm encountering problems. I will not focus on those problems. I will focus on your promise. Your promise says if I seek you first, if I seek your righteousness first, all these things, all these things shall be given to me. Yes, you may feel the burden is too heavy. The burden is too heavy. You cannot handle it. You cannot deal with it. Yes, it feels like, but I'm saying to you, don't focus on it. Focus on the promise. He says, Jesus says, come to me all you who labor, who are heavily burdened. Those of you that are heavily burdened. Those of you that labor. Those of you that are heavily burdened and I will give you rest. Focus on that promise and remind God always. God, you promise in your word that if I come to you with my burdens, you will make them light for me. The Bible says, those who seek the Lord lack no good thing 
Yes, Lord, it may feel like there are things that I'm lacking. Yes, Lord, it may feel like there are things that are not coming right. But don't focus on those things. Focus on God's promise. Those who seek the Lord lack nothing. Glory to Jesus. Those who seek the Lord lack nothing. In Isaiah, verse 54, 17. The Bible says, No weapon formed against you shall prosper. That's a promise from God. Yes, arrows may be going around, things may be happening around, but I'm saying to you, focus on God's promise. Focus on God's promise, and all these arrows shall not cause you harm. They shall not prosper. They shall not overcome you. All these problems around you shall not overcome you. They will not destroy you. God says to Paul, My grace is sufficient. My grace is enough. My grace is all you need. Because in your weakness, my strength, my power is perfected. I'm saying to you, don't worry, you may feel weak. But it is in those moments that God's power is made perfect. Gideon came with 32,000 men and he thought he had power. And God says, I want you at your weakest point. I want you to take 300 men. That is your weakest point against such a large army because my power is perfected in your weakness. Yes, things may look like they are going backwards. Things are not improving. Things are not getting any better. But I'm here to say to you, don't focus on those things. Focus on the word of God. Focus on the promise of God. In Psalm 92 verse 12, he says that righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. He shall grow. He shall grow. You will flourish. You are created to flourish. You are created for greatness. Greatness is your name. Greatness is your destiny. He got the Bible continues to say in verse 13, those who are planted in the house of the Lord. Lift up your hand if you are planted in the house of the Lord. Because those that are planted in the house of the Lord, they shall flourish in the courts of God. You shall flourish. You are created to flourish. You are created to expand. You are created to take territory. You are created to conquer. You are not just a wimp. You are an overcomer. You are an overcomer, child of God. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord, they shall bear fruit in their old age. They shall bear fruit in their old age. They shall be fresh and flourishing. In these three verses, 
flourish has been referred to three times there's emphasis there grab the promise of God you are created to flourish it's your time it's your season it's your moment to flourish hang on to the promise of God hang on to his promises because they are yes and amen in Jesus Christ in other words they will come to pass before Joshua breathes his last breath he says to the Israelites all of you in your hearts know that God has never failed you God has fulfilled every promise he has given you child of God your promises need to be possessed don't just sit back and worry mail over your problems take possession of your promises they are there for you God has given them to you so that you may participate in his divine nature as I close I just want to take this opportunity to pray with someone who knows that God has given him a dream or he knows that God has given him a, a promise but finds themselves constantly worried about the problems around them I just want you to lift up your hand and I want to pray with you because God's promise will be manifested will be fulfilled in your life father I pray I stand in prayer I stand in the gap with that person who you planted a promise in their heart my God who has read a word and believes that word to be their promise but father that they keep seeing problems their focus keeps moving away from your promise and they focus on the problems father I rebuke the spirit of divided attention I'm praying for them father that may they continue to focus on your promise because they that receive the promises were faithful and patient they had faith and they were patient father I give all the glory for these people you are God your word never returns empty what you've said about their lives shall come to pass it will come to pass I declare it in Jesus name that it has come to pass amen let me also take this moment to invite someone who hasn't made Jesus their Lord and Savior who hasn't connected with Jesus and made him their Lord and Savior because Jesus says I am the door I am the door there's no other door I am the light I am the bread of life. You cannot come to the Father unless you come through me.
there is no other way to come to the Father except through Jesus Christ. And I just want to extend this opportunity to you to say, make your way to Jesus Christ. Make your way right with Jesus. This is an eternal decision that you are making by accepting Jesus, by making Jesus your Lord and Savior. It doesn't take much. It just takes this prayer. Join within this prayer. Heavenly Father, I thank you for Jesus. Heavenly Father, I thank that you sent Jesus to come and reconcile me to you. Father, I thank you that without Jesus, salvation is not free. But Jesus brought salvation to me, freely given to me for me to receive. I today receive salvation. Today, Jesus, I make you Lord over my life. Jesus, I welcome you into my life. May you start ruling over my life. Today, I accept that my sins are all forgiven. Uh, my sins have all been washed away with the blood of Jesus. I don't have to work at washing my sins. My sins are all forgiven. Holy Spirit, come and take control. Guide me, direct me, help me to conform into the image of Christ. We thank you, Jesus. If you said this prayer, heavens are, are rejoicing. Heavens are happy because it's one body, it's one person that was destined for hell that's now in the commonwealth, that's now a child of God. Just give God a shout, just give God a praise. We thank you, you've made the right decision. Get yourself a Bible and find yourself a church and God is with you. God has started something in your life, he will see you through. In Jesus' name, amen.